What's up, friends? Welcome to the Made Alive podcast. My name is Philip, And I'm Seth. And we're the hosts of this thing. We're two young leaders in ministry, and we want to talk about the things going on in our lives and your lives that give us purpose and make us come alive. All right, let's get into it. Well, hey, welcome back to the Made Alive podcast, episode one, man, first real episode. Uh, so I'm Seth, and I'm here with my co-host, Philip. What's new, Philip? What's going on? Man, I'm excited we're here for the first real episode. If you listened to episode zero, that was a, hey, guess what? This is us, episode one. This is content. This is real stuff. Uh, if you haven't this listened, it. you should go back and listen, just just letting you know. Uh, what's up with me, man? Not too much. Uh Still recovering from sleep. I did a winter camp this weekend. I spoke at a winter camp, which was awesome. Okay. Um, but I am cool. recovering. I am still tired. My voice is still recovering, but we're doing all right. Uh, got the dunk cool. contest cool. on to my right. Uh, trying not to watch mm. it and get distracted, mm. but I am because good luck. This is wild. This is wild. They're on a dunk off. I know that means nothing to you. I my have basketball never fans, watched a dunk contest. Well, that's because you don't like basketball or good sports. It's true. Do they do something huh? like this in hockey? Do they do a, a slap slap it, shot off? A skills competition a nu- with, with the hardest slap shot competition. A knuckle does puck that, competition? No knuckle pucks. Yeah, that's no a Mighty pucks. Ducks reference if you didn't get that. No, I uh, understood. If you don't understand that, she's too young for you, bro. Um, Disney Plus just recast Emilio Estevez for a Mighty Ducks series getting ready to come out. I, I never want to talk to you again after you said that. Okay. That's ridiculous. That's okay. I will watch it, but that's, that's okay. ridiculous. Um, yeah, but that's that's basically it for me. Uh, just recovering on sleep. Um, I went, like I said, did the winter camp. I went crazy on homework to start out to get covered mm. for it. And now I'm mm. going crazy on homework to recover. And so it's great. Fantastic. Great fun. I'm never going to sleep Sounds again. Like what it. about you, man? What's going yeah. on? Yeah. So, okay. Uh, first of all, I've got to tell you, after episode zero which uh, was of minimal importance, I think. Still go listen to it if you didn't. But uh, I've got to tell you that I am now subscribed to a new podcast, thanks Mm. to your horrible influence on my life. Yeah. And uh, yeah, now I am subscribed to Don't Make Me Come Back There with Dustin Nickerson. Yeah, and just real real quick, we we did our top five podcasts in that episode. Uh, Only one of mine was Christian. Why is that ruining your life, though? What's going on? Uh, Just because you're a bad influence. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's all it is. Did they say a bad? I word? was I was perfectly content with my no, they didn't. Okay, but I I was perfectly content with the with the very few, just you know, podcasts that I listened to, and then now I've got that many more podcasts that I have to listen to. Yeah, dude, on they're a regular they're basis. like eighty episodes deep, so you got to catch up. Well, maybe not. Yeah, probably. We'll not. see. Yeah, we'll probably see. not. What are we What are we trying? We'll to see. Kid? Yeah, man. I'm so. not you. Yeah, that's true. I gotta, I gotta listen to everything. You don't have to. Yeah, yeah. All right. Exactly. All right. Here so, uh, let's before we get into the actual content for this episode, what do you say we get into our first segment here? Yeah. Sure. So, uh, we're gonna start out with this new segment. How was your Monday? And listen, we all know that Mondays suck. That's a universal truth. Yeah. Uh, so we want to create a segment to find out what's the worst part of your week. Uh, whether it's Monday or not doesn't really matter. We just want to laugh at you and and sure. what's wrong with your life. Sure. So, Philip, how was your Monday, man? Oh, man. Uh, so I got a story. <laughs> so we're recording this, just so you know. I don't know when you're listening, but we're recording this on February 15th, 2020. Hmm. 
And so maybe we upload this in June. Who knows when we actually upload this, but we're recording this the day after Valentine's day. Yeah. But here's the deal. Um, some couples don't do Valentine's day. Some couples stay in. That's me. My wife, she likes to go out and I like to go out. So it's fine. So we went out last night, um, on Valentine's day. We went to a restaurant we've been to before. This restaurant's not necessarily cheap other days of the week on a regular day, but you add Mm -hmm. Valentine's day and they do like a quote unquote special menu. And all that means is it's more expensive. Okay. So I went into this dinner thinking, all right, look, it's Valentine's day. It's a holiday. I'm going to spend a hundred bucks. And I was like content with that. And then the check came Oh man! and post tip, I was like two Oh seven. And yeah. So I ordered a (laughs) piece of fish that I've gotten there before. That was $22. You didn't even get the whole fish. Yeah. Just a piece. Oh my gosh. It was $22. The first time I went there, it was $49 last night. They just, they took, they saw me coming and they started laughing as they took my debit card out of my wallet. (laughs) Like it was ridiculous, but we had a great time. I enjoyed it. We liked the restaurant. I just, um, we're going to be eating uh, crackers and milk for two weeks to recover. Yeah. If we can yeah. afford milk, that is. So that's uh, that was the worst day of my week because okay. we're doing okay. like the Ramsey financial piece, and there's no space in financial piece for two hundred dollar <laughs> dinners. Let me tell you, no, they don't. No, they don't. just put it on your credit card, dude. Yeah, get out of here. No credit yeah. cards for me. We cut those suckers oh, up. All right, uh, all right, all right. Let's see, Seth. Uh, how was your Monday, man? Yeah. So, um, not one specific day, but listen, like. So I am leading my church in a fast right now to just pray for the church and, and church health and growth and everything. And so let me start by saying this. Nobody cares about me. And that's like, that's yeah, fine. That, that's okay. Yeah, that makes so sense. I'm, I'm okay with that. And, but that's not the bad part. The bad mm-hmm. part is that now out of nowhere, everyone is suddenly sending me like all over my social media. They're sending me what they're having for dinner. Mm-hmm. They're inviting me out to lunch. People are like bringing me food Man. off the street. And I'm like... What is going on, man? Oh, man. And it's just, I am so hungry. But oh, man. fast I, ends tomorrow. Man, are you okay? So I'm no, worried sick know, about you. Bit. All these people caring about you, bringing you food, uh, people wanting to talk <laughs> to you on social media. I hope you're okay, man. Hey, yeah, guys, no, uh, hashtag pray for Seth. In the, uh, please. On the please. gram. Let's hit that up. Man, that sucks. I have never had I'm people so care sorry. about me. I am so I rattled. Am so, so rattled. So sorry. I'm glad you get it. You guys, seriously, let's just take a minute and just recognize how hard it is to be Seth. People bring him things because he's a pastor. Please. Oh, man. Not because I'm a pastor, because I'm just a good guy. Can I ask you a question? Whose idea was the fast? Oh, it was mine. Yeah. It was totally mine. You're ridiculous. Get out of here with your complaints. (laughs) I hope hope people bring you more food before your fast ends. It's tomorrow. Yeah, I hope they bring you food in the morning. They're running out of time. Or whenever that happens. Yikes. Yikes, that's the worst answer to how is your Monday oh, of all you. time. I I, thank you. I think I'm going to make it my goal to beat that, to be more like, oh, oh my gosh, okay. it sucks, man. I just got a raise at work. If I had a job, I would say that. <laughs> oh, man, someone just oh, that's someone right. just yeah. wrote me a check out of nowhere and, and paid off the rest of my car. Like, ugh, Yeah, but awful. man, now you got to report that in your taxes. Like, Not enough. They just write me a look, check. It's a gift. You just got to be more pessimistic, man. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Can't all be That's you, the man. goal in life. Well, That's guys, it. just remember, prayers up for Seth and his hard life of being brought free food and his complaining yeah. about it. Yeah. I, if we weren't recording this over FaceTime, I'd punch you. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't resort to violence, ah. but I might. I might. Yeah, you might deserve it. Emotional so, assault. Yeah. So uh, that's our segment. How was your Monday? 
when we do that, guys, this is just your your ear cue to know we're going to complain about things. And they may be stupid like Seth's, yeah. or they may be real, like getting taken you know, for a ride at this restaurant. They totally okay, chipped but y- me. You should have known better. Yeah, I know. That's not the point. You should have That's not better. the point. No, no, no. This is about you being petty, not me. All right. <laughs> Knock it off. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll make it about me. Yeah. You're, everything's about me. That's what everybody else is this. doing when they bring me food. Okay. You know? All right. Enough. Yeah. Enough out of here. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, still give us five stars even though Seth sucks. Let's just remember Please. that. Like, Please and thank you. Put in, the re- put in the review, Seth sucks, but I still wanted to give this five stars. That would be totally fine That's with it. That's the if one. you do that, we'll send you That's nothing because we don't have any merch. But we would if we did. We'd send you merch. Let's jump into our topic of the day, what we're, what we're here to talk about, and that is finding your gifts uh, slash purpose in ministry. And look, we wanted to start out with this episode one, dive in with this, because the reality is, is that, you know, this podcast is targeted toward people who are in ministry and are wanting mm-hmm. to be in ministry. And mm-hmm. so understanding your giftedness and your purpose it's a hard process it's a process we've both been through we're still working through and so we just kind of want to talk about like what that looks like practically through our um through our personal experience so seth why don't you kick us off give us you know your story your backstory and how you found your calling or your giftedness and where that's taken you yeah, man. I mean, let me start by saying I think that I'm still still trying to find to some degree where exactly I fit in, but but I've got a much better sure. idea now than I had uh, you know, even a week ago, hopefully. Yeah, I mean and, this is always uh, a developing thing. Yeah. Like we exactly. never you're never going to arrive anywhere. That's not how God works. Exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Makes process. Sense. Makes sense. So uh let me let me give you guys some backstory. So, I mean, back when going all the way back to first grade, I remember I decided that I wanted to grow up to be a teacher. All these kids were wanting to be firefighters and doctors and policemen and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, no, nah, I want to grow up to be a teacher. Okay. And, uh, and, and I was a crazy introvert. I always have in my whole life. But for some reason, I was just like, man, I just want to grow up to teach people. And so fast forward all the way to my sophomore year in high school. And I was actually at a church camp and it's our, you know, growing up in an old Baptist church and everything, church camp was just, you had your nightly sermon. They were all the same, just your hellfire brimstone sermon, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. That's right. And, and I was saved a six. So like, this is kind of, okay. Yeah. But I mean, I, I already have Jesus. So, Mm -hmm. but then there was still something that I was like, man, I just feel like God is calling me to uh, to start preaching in churches and to start teaching and that kind of stuff and and to to pursue this as a calling. All right, let me let me ask you a question. Yeah, let me interrupt yeah. you. So when you when you're sitting at church camp and you're feeling like this tug of the spirit, I'm guessing uh-huh. like uh-huh. you're feeling it to say preaching and teaching. Like you are feeling that's what you're supposed so, to do. So I'll say what I knew growing up was that there are pastors right. and that's it. Right. And and so. So that's what I'm thinking is God's calling me to be a pastor yeah. and I don't, that's all I'm assuming at this point. Sure. So, so that's what I'm pushing towards. That's what I know. And it's not until mm-hmm. way later that I, that I actually start unpacking that. But, uh, okay. 
long gotcha. story short, basically, I, I surrender to God. I tell him, hey, if this is what you want me to do, this is what I'm going to do. He made it abundantly clear to me. And so then a little bit later, you know, I had a, uh, a pastor who, who I knew. He was actually the one who ran that church camp. And he'd always kind of tease me like, hey, man, when are you going to write my sermons for me so I can go out and go golfing? And, you know, he was just kind of joking around. But one day I was like, no. But also not joking I, at the probably, same time. <laughs> probably. If we're being real. No. And so... Uh, one day I was just like, no, tell me what to write. I'll, I'll write your sermon for you. So he told me what to write. I wrote a sermon. And then, I mean, literally like the next day I get a call from my pastor who's like, Hey, do you want to preach on Wednesday night? Because Whoa. that's interesting. Know, timing. How it works. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, I did. And let me just say, okay. Worst experience of my life. Sure. Sure. Why was it? Why was it bad? <sighs> oh man. Uh, one, it was like five minutes and I wrote yeah. so many notes. That was going to be my next question. Like four pages of notes for five <laughs> yeah. minutes of speaking. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, wait, am I done? Do I keep going? And, and I just, I couldn't close it. I didn't know how to package it up and put the bow on it. And it was just, oh man, it was messy. But then I got some more speaking engagements. I got to go preach some more. And I, I started to build this rhythm. And I mean, it was, it was just something that when somebody would ask me to go preach somewhere, there'd be that, that little bit of like, oh no because I'm such an introvert, but at the same time, yeah. I was hyped. I mean, this is okay. what I wanted. I love sitting down and writing. And, uh, and of all the things you can do in church, I was like, this is where I'm worshiping. Like, this is where I feel intimate hmm. with God is while I'm teaching. Yeah. And uh, and that's that's where it developed for me. And so over time, I mean, it's, it's just something that's developed, I'll say a little bit easier than some other things have for me. Uh, as I've been pushing to to control my my tone, my body language, uh, be a better storyteller, all those kinds of things, it's just been something that that I feel gifted in. Uh, it's come easier to me than other things. And and so here's the thing: I was listening a while back to a podcast, uh, Watermark Church Leadership, and they were talking about how to find your calling, because so often. We like a lot of things. I mean, I love teaching, but I also love working out budgets and I also love leading worship. And I mean, I could keep unpacking things. And and so we're trying to figure out what's our calling. And it's like, well, man, I want to do everything. I want to do it all. And, but that's not, that's not your calling. You know, what's your, what's your main okay. gift? And so they said something really okay. helpful for me and they just broke down, hey, what's that thing that when you have to start solving problems, when things start crashing down and you're the one who has to fix it, that you still love doing it, that you love solving those things. And, and that made a big difference for me trying to figure out, you know, what is that real gift? What is that uh, calling and a little more concise Mm -hmm. there. And so let me keep moving in my story a little bit. I ended up at this pretty big church after some burnout from doing everything that I like. I found a church that needed people to volunteer. So I was leading worship. I was Mm -hmm. preaching. I was teaching Sunday school. I was working with the youth. I was running the tech upstairs. I was doing it all. And I burnt out. Let me, let me ask you a quick question. Sorry to keep interrupting. Did you find joy in that time you were doing everything? Cause like you said, I I feel the same way. I want to do a lot of things, but I don't know that I find joy in doing a lot of things. So where, where were you at with that? I would say that there were some things that made me happy but I don't mm-hmm. know that I would say that I had joy. Okay. You know, good distinction. I mean, it was, good it was not yeah. a sustainable happiness. It felt good at first, gotcha. but the longer I did it, it just, I started to hate going to church on Sundays because I knew what, what was going to sure. be asked of me. And so when I ended up sure. at a new church, I just, I didn't do anything. 
and, and I started feeling that tug again, like Seth, you need to teach, you need to teach. I got in a small group and I started teaching the small group and I wasn't even the leader of the small group. And my wife was like, Hey, you need to knock it off. We're going to go start our own small group. And, uh, and so then I went and I, I talked to our pastor and I was just like, Hey man, I want to get into full-time pastoral ministry. I don't know what that looks like yet. I, I don't know that I'm ready to be a senior pastor. Uh, I know I don't want to be a youth pastor and I don't think I want to be a worship pastor because I want to teach. And I just kind of laid out, these are my gifts. Uh, this is what I'm bad at. Can you just point me in the right direction? And he has me put in a resume to become the discipleship pastor of that church. And over a year of being an applicant and coming in for meetings and everything else, I end up having him come to me and say, Hey, instead, uh, we're looking at merging with this church in another city to expand. Would you want to go pastor that church, be their campus pastor? You know, I would still answer to the senior pastor and everything, but I'd be the guy on site teaching, doing all of that. And uh, so I went ahead and took it. And now I'm 27 and I am a campus pastor for South Valley Community Church. I get to preach around 40 times a uh, yeah, 40 times a year. Uh, but I don't have all of the weight of being a senior pastor on my shoulders. And, and man, it's great. So was that even on your radar? Not even a little bit. Like this campus pastor thing? Not, not even, even a little, little bit. No. I, I just, I knew what I didn't want to be. And I was looking to somebody who I knew would know more than me to help me try and unpack my gifts. Okay. Okay. No, that's really cool. I think it's really interesting. We have a very similar um, range of like being at a church, mm-hmm. small church, mm-hmm. small staff doing a lot. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting that you took that step and just said, Hey, this is what I want to do for a living. What's the path. Yeah. And they put you on a path that didn't work to a path that did yeah. work. That's, that's really cool that God does it that way. Um, just, before I get into my yeah. own thing, were you were you pretty discouraged? You said you were an applicant for oh, a year. Oh man, yeah, were you that discouraged was, that was that so time? hard. That was such a hard wait. Um, I mm. was, I, I'd say I was more angry than discouraged. Like I, I, I was in this okay. place where Unpack I was just that. like, I, I want to do something good for God. I'm pursuing something right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the holdup, God? Like, like what's making you yeah. so mad at me that you won't let me do good things for the kingdom? And, and I think that's actually what drove me to go and talk to my pastor and start taking some initiative to say, Hey, I want to get back into this. I need to be teaching. And it just, I'd say that somewhere in the depths of my soul, it just hurt to just be sitting in a seat every single Sunday. Yeah, man. I know, I know that feeling of like, man, what am I doing wrong that I want to serve God? And he said, no. Like it's I know hard, that man. feeling. And, and, you know, chances are that if you're in ministry now or you're wanting to get into ministry, you're, you're either <laughs> there or you've been there. Like, it's yeah. just like the reality yeah. of ministry is like sometimes it Let me sucks. just say that to like, some degree, I'm still there. Things that we're trying to work yeah. out in our church right now, it's like, whoa, what's the holdup, God? Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, you're working in a field that isn't super available to everyone mm-hmm. at churches, yeah. especially if you're growing up in a church, like, they have how they do things and it's really hard to expand that and change that sometimes change the perception of you as a kid, uh, just change what's going on. And then you add into that, like, Oh, I want to serve God, but it doesn't seem like I can like that can get really defeating. I think a lot of people are willing to give yeah. it up when yeah. it comes to that point. Uh, were you close to that at all? Giving it up? Um, I think I was closer to giving it up when I was doing everything that I liked. 
and I was and I was experiencing okay. that uh, fleeting happiness. I'll say as as opposed to joy. Mm-hmm. That was the closest I got sure. to giving it up. Okay. All right. Now that yeah. that makes a lot of yeah. sense too. Um, yeah. I mean, in my own personal experience, I, I felt a lot of that. Um, me and Seth grew up in the same like denominational background. And so a lot of what he talks about, um, just resonates with me. Like I grew up in a church. Uh, I wasn't saved at, at six or at a young age. Um, I didn't come to a relationship with Jesus until I was 18. Mm-hmm. And just that decision was hard because the reality is, is, um, for me, I put a lot of weight on perception, right? Yeah. Uh, how people yeah. saw me, uh, my grandpa, was a pastor in this denomination for 50 plus years. He did 60 plus years of teaching and and preaching and stuff. And so the last name held weight with people. And so for me to have been, you know, I claimed salvation at seven. My brother got saved. Family was celebrating. I wanted a piece of that. So I told Mm -hmm. them I did it. For me to have have done that at seven, to, to look back on that 14, 15, 16 years old when I know that I didn't, you know, have a relationship with Jesus. I was just so worried about perception. And that was a big lesson. Just that, like before ministry, before calling, before gifts, like just the, just the knowledge of like how much I cared about perception. Mm -hmm. It it comes to shape my story because it, it was really hard for me to just say, look, I was wrong. Um, But as you listener and Seth, you know, like our eternal salvation yeah, matters a lot more than yeah, people's perception yeah. of us, even though yeah. we don't think at the time it does. And so, uh, once I became a Christian at 18, I knew I wanted to get, you know, my feet wet in serving the church. Uh, I just didn't know where, and I grew up in a small church. I grew up in a church where pastor is a, is a term at that time reserved for one person. And, uh, we brought in a youth pastor and uh, I started to serve more seriously, uh, quote unquote, on staff in leadership at this church uh, in 2013. So I was like 21, 22 years old, serving uh, pretty seriously in leadership. And uh, at that time, we had four people with the title pastor and six people total on staff. And we were all doing a lot of things. And so I I see that as a blessing mm-hmm. in some ways, because one of the things I think is most important about finding your gifts is you'll never know until you try something, yeah, definitely. how you feel definitely. about it realistically. And I think a lot of your giftedness has to do with passion. Not everything you're passionate mm-hmm. about is where you're gifted. Mm-hmm. Like I love to watch baseball. <laughs> I would be an awful baseball yeah. player. Like I just watched the dunk contest and I, uh, I used to be able to dunk a little bit. And so like just those little things, just cause you're passionate about something doesn't mean yeah. it's your gift, but I wanted to figure out my giftedness. Um, I wanted to figure out where I was going in ministry, what it, what that would look like. And I knew I wanted to get into ministry, and I had a picture of what ministry was, but in the church and the denomination we grew up in, ministry was pastor, youth pastor, maybe. Right. And so the, the doors were closed. My ministry for a couple of years was doing, you know, filling yeah, yeah. people's, uh, now let me mornings. ask you, we both talked about there's the senior pastor and sometimes maybe a youth pastor. Did either of those look appealing to you? Sure. I mean, were you pursuing one of those thinking that was it? Um, he, I liked what the senior pastor got okay. to do in speaking mm. and leading okay. people. I did not like the other right. stuff. 
And youth pastors never really been appealing to me. I love working with students. I think it's awesome. It's just right. not something I want to do right. full time. It's just not okay. who I am. And so, no, like those things weren't, weren't appealing to me. Uh, we had a children's pastor at our church. Not really our associate pastor more so, but still like, I just wasn't sure what that looked like, especially at 20, 21, 22. Like I was super confused about what ministry looked like right. in general. Exactly. I was filling pulpits. I was speaking a lot, but I wasn't growing a ministry because I was just filling in on Sundays right. for people. And that, that felt empty. Uh, I got to hone teaching a little mm -hmm. bit. Uh, ultimately, you know, uh, sometimes it feels weird to say like, you know, I'm gifted in this way, but ultimately I'm gifted in, you know, teaching and preaching. Right. That is what God has right. put me on this earth to do. That's what makes me come alive. That's a good name for a podcast. I'll <laughs> say it again. Uh, that's what makes me come alive. That's yeah. what I love to do. And so frankly, like that's what I knew I wanted to do. I didn't know what it looked like. Um, and so I was at this church for four years, four and a half years, uh, in that capacity. I grew up in that church, so it was my only church home. And uh, I said it in the first episode, but after a while I had gotten married, uh, I was working a job that I hated, but it was over 40 hours a week, and it was an awesome job, but it was just exhausting. And I just didn't have capacity to do all that and be a good right. husband at right. the time. And, you know, I would really felt... You know, God had called me back uh, to this season of preparation. I had quit that full-time job and gone back to school, taking a full mm -hmm. load at school, got a part-time job that was supposed to be part-time, turned out to be more full-time <laughs> than part-time, but it is what it is. And I'm doing all this stuff, and it's just not working. Yeah, yeah. And so I gave the church a heads up. Here's my three-month warning. In three months, I have to leave. Like, I feel like God's calling me away. And I felt like I was making the right call. I knew my giftedness. I knew my purpose. I knew God wanted me to serve the church. I just didn't know where I was going to school, hopefully yeah. to figure that out. And I left the now, church. What, what was the and process I, of leaving the church? I mean, was that something that just, were you, were you super confident that this was the right move? Or, I mean, were you struggling with some doubts in that? I struggled with doubts, but the doubts were more about my relationships at the oh, church okay. than the church okay. itself. So, so you were confident um, about leaving the church to some degree, yeah. but not in some other areas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and God had really put that on my heart um, and, and my wife's heart uh, separate from okay. me. And That's when cool. I finally brought it up to her, she was like, God has literally been putting this That's on That's a my big heart. deal. And that just little bit of affirmation, yeah. totally. That affirmation was like, okay then maybe this isn't just a crazy yeah, idea. Maybe I'm not just frustrated. Maybe this is what I'm supposed okay. to do. And so the process was uh, at a staff meeting, uh, I gave them my notice, mm -hmm. my three months, you know, I want to transition well. I've never left a job without asking them how to help them and then doing it. That's right. just who yeah. I am. And so that's what I did. And, uh, you know, it wasn't all peachy. I didn't do mm -hmm. everything right. I, I left a lot in their hands, right. which... Looking back, I wouldn't do again. Yeah. I would take informing people and mm. that process of transitioning into my own hands yeah. a little bit more because I kind of gave yeah. it to them, but it it looked selfless, but it was pawning it off okay. in a sense to them to do. And uh, I ended up leaving. Uh, I have a I have a blog page. I, I used to write in a lot, sometimes a little bit. So I wrote a blog post about <laughs> it. And that was like my announcement because <laughs> right. they decided not to let me right. do it um, or not to have me announce it rather. And I just didn't tell a ton of people because I didn't want to cause any 
rumors, blah, blah, blah. I just didn't want to have hard conversations is what it turned out to be. And so I posted a blog post about it. I had to do a lot of recovery Mm -hmm. from that for the next few weeks because God's never going to call you to ditch your relationships when you, when you leave a job, like Hmm. that doesn't mean you leave those people, never talk to them again. Um, and so I spent, I spent a good, a good few weeks recovering from Mm -hmm. that bad way of transitioning. But I really felt like, uh, kind of what you were saying, like I was burnt out. I was serving in like six different roles in a sense. And I was just finally able to breathe. But for me, with breathing came a lot of doubt that, oh man, maybe I made the wrong decision. See, oh, wow. Okay. Um, I, I stepped away from the denomination as a whole and all my speaking engagements were through the denomination yeah. and yeah. the church I was serving at. And a lot of what my, how do I say this? A lot of what my worth, my value, my mm-hmm. identity was in was mm-hmm. in that speaking, in that serving. I was in ministry. That was a big deal for me. And when that was gone, I didn't realize how right. deep in it I was. Right. And so I dealt with like this identity crisis while we were trying to find a church, which is always hard. Um, eventually, we landed at the the church we call home now, uh, Sun Grove Church in Elk Grove. And we just began to attend and mm-hmm. I was in school. I was working. We were attending church. Um, in that time, we had our daughter. Um, we have only one kid at the time of this recording. <laughs> who knows? Uh, but we, you know, we have one kid, and I'm just like, man, maybe I won't get into ministry for a right. while. And I just kind of put it on the shelf until I graduate. I knew my calling. I knew my giftedness. I knew why God put me on this earth. But I was like, outside of that. I'm just going to guess that God wants me to wait till school's over. Um, didn't turn out that way. I was approached uh, sometime last year about serving on the young adults staff at okay. the church. That's like the college to 30 okay. or whoever yeah. wants to be young <laughs> age. And I was approached by the, the youth staff to speak once a month. And then I just did winter camp mm-hmm. for our church. And so it's like God has been doing little things. Oh, and um, through my school, I go to William Jessup. In Rockland, through my school, I've had speaking gigs right. okay. um, at churches that support uh-huh. the schools. And so it's just been like little yeah. things that God's been putting back in my life to say like, hey, I still have a plan for you. Yeah. I still have a purpose for you. Don't doubt my calling. Like, don't think you made a mistake kind yeah, of a deal. I, I think it's a big deal that uh, you can see in both of our stories that there's there's just like these little things that God drops in there. And it's like, hey, man, I know it's hard right now. I know it sucks right now. But yeah. just keep going. Keep going. Oh, yeah. I haven't quit yet. Totally. And yeah, yeah, I think that's cool. So, I mean, we're, we're in a place where we're starting to get pretty confident about our gifts. Both of us feel like we have teaching gifts. Sure. Uh, that's a big reason this podcast is happening. You know, we wanted somewhere else mm-hmm. to be able to just keep teaching, um, using the gifts that God has given us. But, uh, a lot of people are still trying to find their gifts and a lot of people don't even yeah. know if they have a gift. And so do you want to unpack sure. that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think the Bible's pretty clear that everyone has a gift. You have a spiritual gift. Mm-hmm. God has given you something. And like I said in my story, maybe it's about your passions, maybe it's not, but God has put right. something in you. Like, you have a role to play. That's why Paul says that, like, we are one body but many mm-hmm. members. We all have to be working together in order to make this thing we call church happen. And so, I, I mean, everyone has something, and yeah. I can't tell you what your something is. But it's there, and God has you on this earth for a reason. I, I like to say that if, if you're not dead, God's yeah, not exactly. done with you. Like exactly. God has a plan 
for your life. And it's bigger than what you think. And it just doesn't look like your plan. Yeah. Like that's what James teaches us. Like if you think you know what God's plan is, good luck. Cause you, <laughs> exactly. you don't like God, yeah. God will throw you a curveball. It'll be a curveball to you, but it'll, it'll be normal to yeah. God. Like that's what he's put in your life. And so everyone has a gift. It's just about that process of finding. Yeah, exactly. And so if I were to ask you, Seth, like, um, what advice would you give to someone? That's like, I, I, I want to do something. I just don't know what. what yeah. Would you so, so first this kind of plays into, I, I want to reiterate that everybody has a gift and I'll answer that question too. Sure. Um, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people think I find that they don't have a gift. They're, they're starting to get convinced of that because they're looking at, they can't see where their gift fits into the church. And so then that starts creating discouragement and everything else. And, and yes. listen, the totally. model of the church does not dictate whether or not, or even what your calling or gift is. Uh, I am personally, totally. I am all about creating new ministries to work around people who have gifts that our church hasn't mm-hmm. formerly utilized. I mean, like if we've got yeah. to start a stray cat ministry, like that's weird, but let's freaking do it, man. I mean, <laughs> no, nah, we're not starting any cat hey. ministries anyway. Hey. Like don't dog okay. ministries, maybe okay. non cat ministries. You know what I mean? I've got three dogs. I can't do any cats. But yeah, cats are gross. I'm allergic. Oh, I'm sorry. No. Cat lovers. I'm really sorry. I'm just allergic. No, My bad. I'm allergic to cat lovers. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Fair. I'm sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. I take no, it you're back. Not. But no, yeah. So, I mean, I, I just want to say first, like your gift exists, whether or not the church that you're in has a place for it. Uh, totally. and so I also want to say that uh, I've oftentimes found that that when people are trying to figure out their gifts, um, they'll they'll sometimes come to me as a pastor and, and ask. Uh, you might be willing to go to somebody and ask what they think your gift is. And here's the deal: chances are the person who you're going to go talk to probably already knows you to a certain degree, right? So I mean, you know whether or not this is somebody that you would never trust around your toddler. And if that's the case, you are not going to put that person in the nursery. Like you realize children is not their calling. That's not where they belong. Uh, But on the other side of that, like my wife gets so much joy when I give her the okay to take us on a family vacation. So I took that and I started having her plan the events at our church. Like she plans the obligatory harvest festival, the, uh, sometimes the VBS at our church, all that kind of stuff. And she loves it, man. I mean, it brings her joy and she does such a good job at that stuff too. And, and then I just go back to watermark church leadership. Like what problems can you love solving? And so I think it's a big deal for like me when I was trying to figure out what that calling was, I went to somebody who knew me to some degree and somebody who would be honest too. And just say like, Seth, that's something you suck at. Don't pursue that. And and I mean, even if they can't tell me what my gift is, that in and of itself is a help to to keep me going from in the wrong direction. Yeah, I would I would jump in and I would totally just say like sometimes we have this perception that giftedness requires you to be upfront. Yeah. Uh that's like just how yeah. the church portrays it. That's what means Seth experience. When we said we wanted to be in ministry, people said, Oh, preaching. Like that was the picture of ministry Mm -hmm. that was the picture of giftedness is like oh you're a preacher if you want to be in ministry uh that's just not true um we have all experienced situations like if you've done any public speaking you know it's awful like it's just it's just hard you're nervous it doesn't matter when or where 
Um, and maybe you're just like, I'm out. I'm out on public speaking. Let me just tell you, like, that's okay. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be upfront uh, in any capacity to be serving God. And you don't have to be upfront to use your gifts. Some people are gifted in numbers, man, and they just knock out yeah. numbers. My dad's an accountant. That's what he does. And so to serve the church, he needs to be doing math, which is boring, but that's <laughs> yeah, him. Absolutely. Like, he just needs to be doing absolutely. that. If you, are, if you are gifted in some area, if, if God has put in you, like, man, I'm such a good administrator, do it. Just serve God the best you know how. Like, that's all you can do. Just do the next right thing over and over and just serve God the best you know yeah. how. Because you are gifted somewhere, even if it's not on stage. Is just a piece of advice because sometimes I think we miss yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. And and let me just add mm-hmm. a little bit here too. I, I heard this illustration a, a little while back and I'm probably going to butcher it. That's okay. Probably. Uh, but I heard this illustration about, you know, this college that was, uh, they, they took their students, they split them in half and they basically told half of them, they were like, Hey, we want you to go take the best picture that you can take, but you can only take one picture. And the other half of the students, they said, Hey, we want you to take these cameras and just take as many pictures as you can. Like of anything all the time, always mm. be taking pictures. Mm. And at yeah. the end of this, whoever takes the best picture, that side wins. And at the end of the year, the students came back and which side do you think took the better picture? The side that was actually uh, taking pictures, the side that was taking yeah, all man. the pictures. And in the midst of that, they found the good ones. The other side was so terrified of taking the wrong picture that they didn't do anything. Yeah. So like, yeah. just start doing things. I mean, you're going to fail. Things are going to go wrong. Ministry's messy. Working with people is messy, but just get into it. Just start doing it. Try things. Totally. Totally. Uh, I would, I would totally echo that, man. If you don't try anything, you'll never yeah, know. Yeah. Like you can never know. I would never know that teaching, preaching was my gift because I never wanted to do yeah. it. That was not like what I set out to do. And then I did it. And I was like, I can't not do this. My first sermon, unlike Seth's, was 18 Ooh. minutes and 255 pages of notes, it felt like. It was a <laughs> lot of notes, not that many. It was close. But it was 18 minutes and it was not good. But... Like God uses that yeah. and it's your jumping off point. Don't expect to be good at this day one. Yeah, exactly. Like don't expect exactly. to walk in and be like, I am great at ministry. I am great at serving the church. I am great. You're not. And it's okay. Like you're going to get better. Me and me and Seth have done ministry for a, a little bit, not not a super yeah. long time, but we're, we're not where we're going to be at the end of this thing. Like we're not, we have not quote unquote mm-hmm. made it. Mm-hmm. Like that's why Jesus, he's in the upper room in John 15, right? He's not telling his disciples, Peter, go here, Philip, go here, uh, Nathaniel, go here. He tells them to remain with him. Like if you're doing ministry, but you're doing it with God, it's not about arrival. It's about remaining. Uh, I have a remain tattoo on my arm. So that's how into this I am. Like if you're missing, if you're looking for when's the next thing I can arrive at, you're never going to be where God wants you to be. You're not in the right posture for it. Yeah, that's huge, Um, And so it just, you know, when I'm, when I'm asked by people like, what should I be doing? How do I serve the church? I actually point them to a business book because I think it's super practical. Uh, Jim Collins, good to great. Reading it right now. It's, that's, that's awesome. I love this book. He describes something called the hedgehog Mm. concept. So if you haven't read this, I got you, I got you. And he does a Venn diagram and the three circles, they're concentric circles. The first one is what are you deeply passionate about? The second one is what can you be best in the world at? And the third one is what drives your economic engine? And that middle spot is what he calls, it's the hedgehog concept. It's the sweet spot yeah. of that's what your business needs to be doing. Yeah. 
And so I would say in your, you want to get into full-time ministry. I want to get into full-time ministry. Seth is in full-time ministry. Like, what am I passionate about? What can I be best in the world at? I'm not the best speaker in the world, but I believe God has put me on here to fulfill a specific mm-hmm. purpose. And if I'm doing that, I'm, I'm the best in the world at being me for the kingdom of God. And uh, I want to do it for a career. So that's what drives my economic engine. And if I'm serving in that capacity, in that sweet spot, I'm right where I need to be. And look, I'm not in that sweet spot right now, but I'm on my way. I'm doing the things to get me there. And that's exactly. what's important. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Always moving. Yeah, man. Well, cool. Well, I think that's a, a pretty good place to uh, pull this little section of the podcast over. Uh, we got one more segment that we want to get to before we close this out. one more segment that we want to get to before we close this out. Philip, you want to tell them what we got? Absolutely. Yeah, we're doing another top five. Look, um, I don't know if top five will be in every episode, but it is by far my favorite segment because it just tells you about us. Yeah. And maybe you fall in love with us based on our podcast from the first episode. Uh, Maybe you hate Seth like I do from it. Like, I don't know what the answer is. Um, But we want to keep giving you a taste into our entertainment world with this Mm. top five. Okay. Um, and this is a string of music related top okay. fives. Yep. So we're doing top five yep. bands. Listen, we have a separate worship band. Don't write us an email <laughs> saying, ah, you guys didn't have enough Hill song. Like yeah, we get nope. it. All right. You don't even listen to Christian music. This man. is, well, I <laughs> okay. do. I'm a, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll you see. do. You're we'll a pastor. See. I, my phone turns on other music. Yeah. Your phone doesn't. So not a my lot. phone panics. Um, just so screams. this is just bands. <laughs> it blows up. So this is just bands in general, uh, top five bands. Uh, so just judge us a little bit, but not, <laughs> not a ton. Much. And I'm going to let okay. Seth go first. Cause he listens to metal and none of you have heard of yeah, any of his is, bands. This so is going to not even matter. So yeah, I'm building my top five and, um, all of my top five are actually Christian bands, but we are just throwing down the metal today. So number five, okay. silent planet. Uh, Riffage is oh, out yeah. of this world. You know, yeah. I love them. Uh, the issues they speak Never into are, oh man, so culturally important. Uh, number four. Can you understand yeah. it? Yeah. I sound like as my dad. As soon as you look up I the lyrics, that. you can, can understand, you understand yeah. what they're yeah. saying. There you go. All right, go ahead. Number uh, four. Number four, O Sleeper, uh, Micah Kennard, their vocalist, hands down, my favorite vocalist in a metal band, period. Okay. Okay. Number three. The only not metal band in my list. Go ahead. Switchfoot. First concert I ever went to in my life. I hated it. Something about being an adult now. I'm so into Switchfoot. They're still putting out music and I'm digging it, man. Dude, honestly, like I've seen Switchfoot stuff just on Instagram. Uh I really listen to them. Not bad. Maybe I need to get into it. Maybe I need to do a deep dive into the discography of Switchfoot. Who knows? All right. Number Number two. two. Uh, probably a little bit less known metal band. That's okay. You probably don't know any of them. Uh, Phineas, 
They are... There's no known metal band in the world. <laughs> no, none of us know these, none of but you're doing fine. Phineas, Phineas is a little bit of a silly name. Real good, though. And then number okay. one, the staple of my childhood and what shaped all of my music listening. Of I cannot wait to mock you for this. For today. Uh, I've seen them live a couple times. They're so good. Their vocalist, now that he's not in the band, he's pastoring a church. He's doing some crazy things. Don't, don't try to spin this. Yeah, don't no. try to spin this. Go listen to it, man. Friends, madealivepodcast at gmail.com, <laughs> right? That's our email no. address. Please. What I'm is it? I'm not telling you. That might be it. It's madealivepodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Guys, write an email about how stupid Seth is. Like, just go ahead and roast his list. That was the worst. Like, you couldn't name. Everyone knows who Switchfoot yeah, is. Yeah, That's yeah. fine. You couldn't name two bands we all I know. I don't listen to them. Gosh. Guys, I just want to apologize. Hey, this hey, is our hey. last episode. I have to quit. I can't Listen, be a part of this. This anymore. is my top five. All right. So you calm oh, down. Oh, it's bad. Oh, it's bad. All right. Give sorry, us your guys. wonderful uh, top five. I just, I just want to apologize to your ears yeah, for having I'm, to listen I'm sorry to this that, terrible that list. Philip's the only one that actually listens to the radio here and all their garbage music. No, I don't listen to the. No, okay. Maybe I used yeah. to. So my top five approach was, uh, I think, similar to yours. I wanted to encapsulate like all these bands I mm-hmm. listened to throughout the span yeah. of my mostly adult yeah. life. And so my bands date back. Actually, number five and four, I don't listen to mm. anymore, but they're on the list. So number five, and I'm embarrassed. Yeah. Not really. No, be. I'm not. It's a uh, Fallout How Boy. Embarrassing. Love, <laughs> I love Fallout Boy. My Dude. wife is so into them. <sighs> Still, we, me and my brother would drive down in 2008 and just slap <laughs> Fallout Boy. They they did the music the for the NHL a couple years ago. This year You're it's welcome, Green Day. NHL. They're huge on irrelevant music. It's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they made the NHL made their list yeah. in 2006, <laughs> yeah. and they're just finally getting around to it. That's yep. good. So Fallout Boy's right. number five. Number four is Parachute. Okay. I don't listen to Parachute anymore, did. but they had one album all of high school. Right after high school, I was really okay. into. Um, now we're getting into bands I've actually seen mm. live. I haven't seen Fallout Boy or Parachute, but number three is Boyce Avenue. Okay. Here's the deal: they're popular on YouTube for covers, but their original stuff is actually pretty dang good. Mm. And I saw them live, mm. and uh, their main vocalist sounds like he's recording in a studio. It's so good. Uh, it's three brothers from Brazil, I believe, and then a random drummer okay. that they take with them. It's very good. So, Boyce Avenue, number three. Number two, Johnny Swim. Okay, yeah. Johnny Swim is two people, so I was pushing it. But we have solo artists I'll, as a separate one. I'll give one. it to you. Husband and wife combo. They sang. Um, we used their song as our first dance. They didn't sing it live, but we used their song as our first dance song, me and my wife. Um, love Johnny Swim. Got to see them last They're year. They're cool, man. Touring, opening for oh, number one, okay. Need to Breathe, Don't Saw Fight Me. Best band in the world. I've seen Need to Breathe live too many times. And they are just, you they're know, so I've good. got no beef with Guys, Need to Breathe. So they're good. And they're not the Christian. I just want to put <laughs> that out there. They're not a worship band. You're, you're all singing Testify in your churches. They're not a worship band, guys. They're Christian people who are in a band. That's different. Since I have stepped into leading worship in my church, we exclusively sing Need to Breathe on Sundays. That's not true, but uh, well, don't go to Seth's <laughs> church because nobody can do it like Bear Reinhardt, and so yeah. you guys are doing yeah. it bad. I just That's the only it. way I can. That's our. These are our top five bands, guys. Uh, tune in some other time to hear these solo artists, Christian solo artists, Christian worship bands. We'll do those later, but yeah. these are our top five bands. 
You know what we're listening to. Me, when I don't want to listen to Christian worship music. Seth, when he wants to listen to different Christian exactly. music, I guess. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, I didn't know you were going to do all Christian bands. Uh, I, was I feel just, real. That's all I got in my library, I man. I guess you're a pastor. That's all I got. You're a pastor. He has a one solo artist ready, and it's just it's just uh, Torrin Wells. No. Nope. <laughs> it's, it's nothing else. No. Nope. It's nothing else, but it's Chris Tomlin, Michael W. Smith. Like, this guy's going to rock this Christian solo. Yes. Oh, man. All right, guys, you've made it. This is the end of episode one. We are done here for the day. So if you could do us a favor before you go, if you're on iTunes, go ahead and leave us that five-star rating. Just do it. Review. Seth sucks or whatever you want to say about the podcast. If you're not ready for a five-star yet, keep tuning in. Keep listening. Subscribe if you haven't on whatever platform you listen on. And guys, just thank you for being a part of our podcast. We love it. We love you. I don't know you. Actually, I shouldn't have said that. I think I moved too fast. It's all right. We're going to be all right. Guys, thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Peace.